The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 53. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Pete, you say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today is Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lamb. Hey, Victor. Thanks, Jack. But my real name is Nadal. I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Now he's starting with the lines at the beginning. Nice. <laughs> Switching it up a little bit. <laughs> yes. We're going to be discussing the 11th episode of season three, which is past and present. But before we jump into that, um, I want to tell everyone that we have a uh, Discord server now where you can go and chat with all of us and all the other fans of SQPN. Whether or not you're a patron, this is not behind any sort of a Patreon paywall or anything. Uh, you can get to that at sqpn.com slash Discord. And on the subject of that, I think that uh, Victor has a, a little surprise for us. I'm a pony now, apparently. Yeah, uh, friend of the show uh, and graphic artist, illustrator, cartoonist extraordinaire, uh, Micah has has drawn me as a as a My Little Pony. So, if if you've ever wanted to see that, I I don't know that I want to meet you in person, but you can head over to to Discord <laughs> and uh, scroll up until you you see a picture of me as as a pony from uh, My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Um, yeah, Mike is the one who did our awesome artwork, especially the the four of us standing in front of the Stargate as SG One. So, among other great merch that you could get, so go check that out. Yeah, and, and Mike or Victor has said he's going to do his promise to fulfill My Little Pony Secrets of My Little Pony. Yeah, never never so. watched the show, but uh, have always meant to. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to watching through it with with a few uh, diehard My Little Pony fans. So. <laughs> Yeah, we can get us that uh, Secrets of My Little Pony. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the episode we're uh, talking about uh, today, um, like I said, is past and present. Here's a little uh, summary of that. The team arrives on the planet Vayus to discover that all the inhabitants have had their memories wiped a year ago in an event called the Vorlix, and they cannot find either their elders or any signs of children. They meet a woman named Kira, and if... I had a dollar for every time there was a woman character in a science fiction show named Kira. I'd have like six dollars, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> she was a caretaker that seems to be a genius scientist. They also discover that Linnea, who we last saw in Prisoners, the third episode of season two, came to the planet and seems to be responsible for the Vorlix. They bring back Kira to the SGC and she and Daniel start getting rather cozy together. After failed experiments to clear the memory block of the inhabitants, Sam and Kira discover that Linnea was experimenting with a pesticide called Dargal, which damaged the fertility of the population. They discover that Dargal was used to rapidly de-age the population of Vayus, and that through DNA testing, that Kira is Linnea, and that Linnea is responsible for these experiments. After a tense confrontation, 
and Daniel's complete Twitter patient with Linnea almost leads to her committing suicide. She agrees to have her memories wiped so that she can return peacefully to Vayus and live out her life as Kira. Fun times. So, what are your thoughts on this episode, Father? So Daniel forgets uh, Shore and goes after another woman. And <laughs> now, this actually is a good closure to the, the Prisoners episode just because we find out what happens in Linnea. Um, but yeah, this is more about Daniel having my wife is dead, so uh, I'm free. Catch me on the <laughs> rebound. Austin. Yeah. Yep. Words of Austin Powers. That means I'm single again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lisa? Uh, I've always loved this episode. I think that it is, uh, it takes kind of just a, I don't say stereotypical sci fi plot and then gives us a little twist in that it's a, character that we've seen before that not only created the virus but then went from bad to good doesn't remember who she is and then oh the drama of is she gonna remember do we help her do we lock her in a closet like what do we do and oh by the way she's hitting on daniel and he's mm-hmm. okay with it and it's just yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just some uh, i don't know to me it's just classic stargate fun i love it you you uh even even though you've seen it before and you know what's gonna happen and that Linnea is, is showing up. It's, uh, I don't know, keep, keeps you guessing in the original one. And uh, le- to me, leaves some open-ended questions that they never mm. answer. But it does leave questions. Yeah, definitely. I like, uh, it, since I've not seen the rest of the series, I was wondering whether or not she comes back. And I'm assuming that she doesn't. But that would be something that would be cool to revisit if they ever make a new show. Mm-hmm. Bring back that character and do something interesting with it. Yeah, what's she doing now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is she still good, or is she uh, switched back to her old ways? Mm-hmm. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Father Corey and Lisa. It's 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 a good episode. There's a lot going on here. It does raise lots of serious questions about you know nature versus versus nurture. You know, are people you know defined by their experiences or by their in, innate personality? And I think this episode raises that question. But perhaps the most a uh, valuable contribution this makes to the Stargate canon is uh, the triple blimp we get to see in a couple scenes. It's it's a blimp, but with but oh, with yeah. three blimps. It's like three blimps stacked on top of each other. It's really cool. <laughs> I had, there's a scene in there where they show it like kind of close up, and I had to rewind it like five times because you never see a triple blimp anymore. It, it looks like something out of like a Final Fantasy yeah. or something like that. You know that kind of. Fantastical Zeppelin or something. But but in all seriousness, these are my favorite Stargate episodes where they go to a planet that's in some state of industrial, you know, evolution that may or may not be the same track that kind of our Earth took. And so you see kind of where the, you know, the, the, you know, set designers and stuff, you know, made the made the subtle shifts from our own history and stuff. And so one of those is a, is a triple blimp. And we see this come up, um, you know, in SG one in Atlantis. And it's always my favorite parts of the show where we see it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. This episode uh, made me think of um, the episode of the original series where they go to the planet beta three with the evil computer Landrew. It's got mm. that same kind of feel like that sort of mid 20th century. And I, I like that. And I, you don't really see that in science fiction anymore where the planets are essentially, essentially just Earth clones. And I like that kind of weirdness. And I also like that they don't really talk about that at all. I mean, you can have the parallel development because they are also humans from Earth. But I like that it's just there and they just go with it. 
Plus, we get Lieutenant Randy Disher from Monk playing essentially the same character he plays on Monk, which if you've watched Monk, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, <laughs> go watch Monk because it's a really good show. But uh, yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Um, we, we, yeah. So Jason Gray Stanford, uh, yeah, played Randall Disher on, on Monk and he's in this episode as well. He plays uh, Orner, right? Yes, Orner. I do. I do like his character. He's just so uptight and kind of cagey about everything the whole time. Mm-hmm. And what? What? Well, and then then there's then there's the woman he's with, or of course they can't remember. Yeah. And they're sitting there fighting like old husband and wife. That's the yeah. best part of this episode. And of course, yes. it turns out they are old husband and wife. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. Well, don't expect years. supper. I never do. And then she turns back and goes, Fah. you know, it's like, yeah, like, it's like those two are married. That is a huge clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're like, oh, we don't know who we're, who we're with. It's like, yeah, you do. Come yeah. on. It's pretty you obvious. Just, yeah. I think I'm with the hot genius. No, you're not. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he was after the, the cute blonde and it's like, no, no, you're not. No, you're with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's but I, I figured they've got to have houses and stuff. So I think did all their like social security cards and all their documents just disappear too? But they don't know their names. Yeah, that's true. But they but, okay. Here's the hiccup. So they said they have pictures of elders, right? Right. Okay. So if they are the elders that became young again, theoretically, they look like their old selves, their younger old self, right? right. So shouldn't there be pictures of them? I mean, like. I've got pictures of myself younger than I am now in my house. Well, really, it's on my computer. But, you know, I mean, it, that that was my only hiccup was you got, they got, oh, we got pictures of elders. I'm like, but there's no pictures of the elders when they were younger that look just like you. Yeah, the but, pictures look like, know, If you yeah. look at the technological development, though, that they're at, you know, I mean, they'd be equivalent, what, of early 1900s? Mm. So there may, you know, there may not, they may not have had fo- photographic technology that that long yeah they had like daguerreotypes it looks like in the in the pictures we do see in the in the library and this is i think the first of like the great stargate libraries where like sg1 will find themselves looking over old books for for a clue yeah but okay i'll accept that there weren't many if any photos from 50 years before this time period works out yeah (laughs) so yeah we meet a Orner and uh, Myris, who are the not married married couple, and then we are introduced to uh, Kira, who is the uh, she describes herself as a healer who she just knows that that's what she's supposed to do, and it's also becomes apparent that she's very smart about uh, scientific uh, matters. So she's the one kind of holding everything together as the society around them is collapsing because no one knows how to harvest grain or run the public works or anything anymore. But but they all learned how to. I mean, they remembered how to get dressed and use the bathroom and speak. So, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, selective amnesia. Of amnesia. People people don't like forget how to function most of the time. Yeah. Well, do you notice they had smokestacks that were still going? Yep. So there's that was just where they were burning, start fires burning the things, bodies yeah. that of people who forgot how to get dressed and <laughs> like not walk into traffic or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you have to imagine that in any catastrophe like this, they say like, oh, winter is coming and it will be devastating. It's like, yeah, but the first year that had to be pretty devastating, too. Right. I mean, like, it, it, I don't know. But <laughs> we get mention of a doctor's yeah. service 
who uh, mm-hmm. who was was one of the people who who first welcomed the old Linnea to the planet. And I was just wondering if that was a conscious like reference to Doctor uh, Zaius on Planet of the Apes. You know, like the progressive mm-hmm. scientist who's like, you know, ape shall not kill ape on uh, the original Planet of the Apes. The apes there, oh, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Zervis, Doctor Zaius, Doctor Zaius. I do feel like uh, the names in this episode, like the alien word, the words are like Vorlix and uh, Dargal. Those sound like mm-hmm. the placeholder names for your D and D character. They do you can't come up with a better name. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're <laughs> low tier sci fi names. Dargal, take me away. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like they could have done better with that, but hey. Well, at least Vorlix maybe was better than Neelix. Everything is better yeah. than Neelix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Kazon. No, not the Kazon. <laughs> this episode was written by Tor Alexander Valenza, who we he just mm-hmm. we just had another one of his episodes. And when you look through his list, he wrote some darn good episodes. He did, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one that's coming up later this season, which is Ergo. Which is- oh, that's right. He wrote oh, Ergo, too. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh-huh. And he wrote Can't Divide wait. and Conquer, season four. I don't know if it's a fan favorite or just yeah. me favorite, but, you know, it's a shipper favorite. Yeah, but then he also wrote Holiday. Yeah, I was going to skip that. From season two. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote Point of View, though, which is really He wrote really Point good. of View. Yeah. yeah. In Spirits, yeah. which we. I like better. Yeah. On whether or not we like that one. Yeah. I liked it well enough, but it was yeah. fun. So it was it was just interesting to see that he's he's written so many different I feel like they had different flavors or feeling you know, mm-hmm. they don't all feel the same. Like there were certain other writers that when we hit one of her episodes, we were like, Oh look, it's yeah. her again. But but his no And and he writes we remember them. He writes witty dialogue that's not like quippy. It's not like Joss Whedon quippy. He writes actual like witty yeah. dialogue, I think. Like um yep. You know, where, where uh, Kara Linnea first says, oh, so it is a transportation device referring to the Stargate. And Teal goes, so it is. You know, I laughed. I laughed yeah. out loud at that because it was someone adopting kind of Teal's like way of speaking with, uh, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I also think that I don't know if like y'all have felt this, but like for the past couple of episodes, I feel like Jack has gotten almost annoying in his like snarky. Yes. Like yes. it was just too much. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like this episode, it dialed that back a lot, which was, which mm-hmm. was nice. He also had less of a presence because I feel like we were getting the, the Jack O'Neill show for a little bit. There. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I would agree. A lot of, uh, a lot of annoying, you know, over the top. We'll just call it over the top, right? Sarcasm yeah. and stuff Jack, like that. Jack over the a top. A little more, don't don't say it. A la 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 la. Yeah, we we get a lot of that in this episode too, unfortunately. Yeah, I thought one of the things I really noticed in this episode were were the looks. It wasn't just his his what he was snark. It was you know he had these looks on his face and he'd look one way, he'd look the other. You know, it was constantly he was giving Carter or Tilk a look rather than saying it, which I think conveyed him but it wasn't as annoying which that's yeah. a little better so and I, then you got him waiting in the hallway for for daniel when he's coming out after after being with yeah kira it's like you know you don't want to get into a relationship with her 
Right. A little too late now. Yeah. <laughs> he does know She's that an easy women, lover. Huh? She's got a hold yeah. on you. Believe it. Yeah. Just like Phil that Con- one about Hathor, too. Yeah, right? exactly. Phil Collins has, has a message for every Stargate episode. It's like the uh, when you watch the Wizard of Oz, but Dark Side of the Moon with it. You can do that with Phil Collins in Stargate. I'll have to try that. Yeah. Just play some Genesis albums like while watching Stargate. That'll be fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But Daniel had Hathor. He's got her and he had the crazy one with the sarcophagus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Daniel's got like a will of stone there. Like he is just like like stalwart and unflappable and like it doesn't take yeah. much really to get him to completely forget yeah. his dead wife. Yeah. No, no, you don't understand. It's not that I don't, but I just lost my wife and I really like, shouldn't. Well, if you a pretty lady, yeah. pretty lady with the kisses and the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't put up much of a fight there. No. Speaking of uh, of Daniel, um and the sarcophagus, I don't know if y'all saw this, uh, but a couple days ago on Twitter, uh, there's there's this news article about they discovered a lead-sealed uh, oh, yeah. casket mm-hmm. underneath Notre Dame. And he and uh, so Michael Shanks and Sue Ann Braun were going back and forth about that on uh, Twitter. Oh, no way. Good. That was awesome. Oh, yes. that would be cool. Yeah. But He's like, whatever you do, okay. don't open it. So it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, though, the, the first scene when um, he visits or he shows Lin, uh, Linnea, you know, Kara, their, her, her uh, you know, uh, you know, guest quarters there at, at the SGC. And, um, you know, he says, oh, there's some clothes in here, you know, one style fits all and he doesn't finish the line. But then as they're talking, there's a very cool camera shot set up where he, uh, you know, um, you know, they're, they're shooting. William Grady is, is the director on this, but he's shooting the main characters and behind them is a mirror. So you can see the reflection in one mirror. Mm-hmm. And then on the opposite wall is a second mirror. So you can see the reflection and then you can see a second reflection on the opposite wall mirror. And you don't see the cameras at all. You don't see any microphones or anything in the shot. And then they actually like walk out of the, the path of the mirror and the camera kind of tracks to follow them. And, and it's just it's very smooth. It's a very cool shot. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. And with, and with a lot it's of mood lighting. Cool to, yeah, it's always cool to yeah. see those kind of camera tricks. Um, and they're not really impressive nowadays because you can just edit that out in post. But it is it is fun to see what they could do with that well, before you got all it, those tools. But it's interesting that more and more uh, shows are starting to go back to the practical. Yeah. You know, stuff like this where they're, they're doing less and less with needing to do the CGI except for like touch ups and stuff like that. And more of, no, we want to keep go back to the, you know the more traditional ways of doing these, these things. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's impressive that people are kind of trying to relearn that. So, but it's good to see in this show like this where, you know, they had to, they didn't quite have the CGI yet. And I like to think that maybe like the director of photography got bored. He's like, this is like the seventh take we've done of this. Just put another mirror on that wall. I want to like try something really cool here. You just say your lines and I'll, I'll film them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Rather than just getting your flat uh, over-the-shoulder shots for dialogue, you do something interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get uh, Linnea up to no good again with the, the experimentation with her Dargal. And I do like <laughs> that they kind of uh, hang a lantern on the whole uh, DDT thing. Like, they didn't leave it as like, a, oh, this is an analogy for using bad chemicals. Like, they just kind of say, yeah, it's kind of like that. But if we hadn't banned DDT, would we have as much malaria as we as we do in Africa? Who's the real monsters here? Yeah. 
Yeah. One person writes one book about dead birds, and then suddenly, how many thousands of people die in Africa? But anyways. A lot. Yeah. That and see yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's... <laughs> That's a different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this was well, of course nice. the idea, the idea though, that this, this gas released from the, her lab, laboratory or whatever and covered the entire planet. Big gas well, there's, there's a that lot was of, pretty, yeah. a laboratory accident <laughs> causing a pandemic. That's, that's, what? that's science yeah, fiction. I, know, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> let's not go yeah. there. <laughs> not topical at all. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if they'd worn masks, maybe they wouldn't have gotten that gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, and that's another thing that's, that's funny is this is one of those sci-fi tropes where you discover this way to de-age people or to bring people back to life, and then it's never talked about again, where in reality, if you've discovered something like that, you know that the U.S. government would be selling this to companies, and then they would be developing it into, like, anti-aging serum. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. They have the formula for for fountain of youth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, drastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, There's lots of you forget who you are for fountain of youth. Yeah. yeah. And when they redosed Linnea at the end, shouldn't they, shouldn't she have turned into a baby? Well, I think that they kind they of tweaked they tweaked it. Said that she, she tweaked. Oh, okay. It, right? No, but think about it. It was Linnea, destroyer of world, worlds, who. Tweaked it, allowing herself to become amnesiac again. She she could have been in, she could have been the boss baby. Because why would why would she give herself amnesia again? Really? Because she was still fighting the Kira yeah. side. Was still fighting the the Linnea side. Linnea side and even when she was Kira, I mean, like because after they gave like Randy Disher like the first dose, and he went into like defib and stuff, and they had to get the crash cart out to revive him. She's like. Oh, I know what I know what I did wrong here. Bring him back up here. I'll, I'll inject them again. And they're like, like, maybe he should like have a jello cup and like a glass of water first. And yeah. then you can like <laughs> dose him again. And she's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I got this. You know, it's, I'm good. So I thought it was like, course, it was good to see like the Linnea side, like coming through there. It's like, no, just just line the, you know, the human guinea pig up again and <laughs> let him again. <laughs> And of course, that he's like, I'll do anything for you. Yeah. You can kill me. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It does get well, can, whole, we, can uh, we talk, though? Like, they're doing experiments and they don't actually have the crash cart yes. sitting there ready to go. Yeah, I noticed that, too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like down the hall. <laughs> yeah, they'd go like to yeah. the next room and grab it and come running in. <laughs> they just forgot. They were using that for like their <laughs> a bachelor party or something. Yeah. Or like the show is like a whole 30 seconds too short. Like, okay, next time let's film the scene. Let's have the crash cart down the hall. It'll fill in a little bit more time. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it does raise the whole question of nature versus nurture yeah. with Linnea. Like if she'd been born into different circumstances and hadn't had to survive that way, would she have turned out differently? And I guess that's kind of, kind of what they explore here with uh, Kira using her, powers for good mm-hmm. but it'll be but, interesting to see like it's a but she also says that, that once her memory once her memory comes back that she's almost fighting mm. right linnea you know that there there's that fight inside of her between being you know good kira and bad linnea mm-hmm. and you know nature that wouldn't 
nature versus nurture wouldn't address the memories issue. It would be more. And it is kind of a, you know, a so. sci-fi trope we see where, like, instead of incarcerating people, we do the humane thing and, like, erase all their memories and they nice. become docile. And, yeah. Yeah. Just put a nice picket behind there. Yeah. Know. It's okay. <laughs> yep. So here's the question. So Kira was able to figure out the cure the first time to reverse the memory loss, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the stopper again? Yeah. I mean, so everyone on that planet's going to be, shh, don't tell her <laughs> yeah. who she is. Exactly. Don't tell her what, and she's not going to be like, oh, I wonder how if I can. Yeah. I mean, remember that time we all took that serum? Remember when you took the serum? Gosh, I remember when I took, oh, wait, shh, 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 shh. Not that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that I'm was my, just... I think it would have been fun to come back to this a couple of years later or maybe in the reboot she's young again or whatever and be like where did she go next and what did she do yeah and i don't know if it's because they just don't have the machinery they would need to produce it on the planet because like she was like crushing up blue crystals with a mortar and pestle or if they don't have like cute dr fraser's help to to do it they don't have anyone to walk in and say the 800 microliter potency is ready for a prelim yeah which was my favorite bit of techno babble from the show just like out of nowhere, the 800 milliliter potency is ready for a prelim. They uh, they do have the technology, though, because that's how she did it the first time. Oh, well, she made the gas the first yeah. time. But you're talking about the the the, the uh, vaccine or whatever, the yeah. cure. The literal brainwash, yeah, that, the, the solvent that, yeah. that dissolves the gunk that's sitting on just the memory part of, part of your brain. Yeah, I did appreciate it. Your processor starts overheating in your computer. You got to put some more thermal paste on. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, exactly. I keep a tube of that <laughs> yeah. handy. I did like that. It was a literal brainwash. That like, it's it's like scrubbing bubbles for your uh, for your brain cells, and we actually get to see a computer animation of it. Like, whoosh. I and I think that's fun though. That when the shows they you have the solution, but it doesn't have to be so technical, in depth, crazy get into all of the medical whatever's possible and they just kind of be like eh, it's this thing you inject it into your carotid artery Woof, it works and the rest brain of you're like stuck okay, make cool. brain Let's unstuck yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when so we can focus on the real issue which is the whole linnea daniel world kira da- daniel yeah yeah so when he dumped yeah. like linnea was that because she was evil or because he realized <laughs> she was like 86 years old and it was just a little weird evil just evil. Or because he All he saw was a cute blonde. I think he just wasn't he didn't care about to stay with her, to be honest. And she's like, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> I remember when Ike was beating the Kaiser and, and he was like, 23 skidoo. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> Dude, I'm just thinking he was like, mm, yeah, don't call me. I'll call you. You know? Yeah. 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 I got another planet to go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ex-girlfriends to find in the next season or so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> he always has a, I, I don't know. He has a way with women. For some reason, like, <laughs> doesn't seem like the kind of guy who'd be like the one getting all the girls, but I don't know. And when Jack finds out, he does. When Jack finds out he does a full George Decay. He does a full. Oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounded intentional. <laughs> that was intentional. I have to believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems like a 
Richard Dean Anderson was just kind of given free reign of the script. I, yeah. He was a producer on it. I, I mean, think so. What are they going to do? Tell him, tell MacGyver he can't, can't say what he wants to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how like, they're like, gosh, do you think like, uh, you know, Kara could be like Linnea. And then Dr. Frazier walks in. She's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we just ran her DNA and she is totally like Linnea. Totally. It's like you didn't do that first or like you yeah. didn't think to bring that up until now, you know, <laughs> or do like when she first came into the building, yeah. like, you know, showing her all the way around the, you know, the, the, this top secret facility. Oh, maybe we should check and make sure she's not this, you know, psycho chick. She thought we thought she was. Well, they did it the first time, right? When Linnea got there, let's show you all yeah. around. Let's show you how to use the computer, all the stuff. And so it's this yep. t- at least this time. The one thing Dana wouldn't do is take her outside the mountains. Yeah. So there was that. Right. Yeah. They haven't learned their lesson, though, and this has got to be, like, horrible OPSEC. <laughs> like, you wouldn't bring anyone through, and if you did, they'd be going right into a cell and being, like, debriefed and interrogated before they saw anything. Yeah. But I, and, but I think that was one of Carter's only things, really, to do this episode, was to, like, light bulb moment. You know, like, <gasps> she could be Linnea. You know, and and be be you know the the science sciencey person. Yeah, work with work with Fraser to yeah. We're, we're you know, she got to put on the lab coat, the white lab coat. Go. So yeah, we're all good there. And like she the BDUs, really, she got yeah. to wear like the jumpsuit in this episode too when she went off world. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't have much to do either besides tell us what his name means. And to almost get into the room where where Daniel's talking to Linnea. She says, can Almost I talk there. to you alone? Can we be alone? It looks like I will come. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how many, I don't know how many wheels the bicycle on your planet has uh Tilk, but uh, on earth we have, our bicycles have two wheels. Yes. Two wheels. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think at this point, like if Daniel expresses like the slightest bit of interest in like, a woman, it's it's like lock her up, solitary confinement, like <laughs> yeah. manacles, laser grid, whatever you need. It's just like he has not had the best track record. And I think we've yeah, we made, made that point. Yeah. It gets worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like there. He can be their detector for uh, yeah. evil villains. Just <laughs> yeah. girl like crazy women. Vice versa. Then she's the she's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he like he likes them crazy. He like. just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he definitely does, and it completely takes all his like higher uh, higher reaching yeah. abilities are just out of the game. There, I mean, his mom was like crazy enough to be squashed flat by like an Egyptian headstone or something. So I don't know, maybe it's I don't know, you know some edible thing or something. <laughs> we could just edit that part out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Note. One thing I. I <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really, Victor. On that note, yeah. <laughs> I d- <laughs> sometimes a sarcophagus is just a sarcophagus. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what I did like though is that they didn't keep us in suspense in this episode. Like any other show now would be like a three season arc. Like they brought up the like Linnea's name ten minutes into the episode, and they like did the big reveal. Mm-hmm. With still half the episode left to go that uh, Kara was Linnea. And so I do appreciate that. And I do miss that in shows today where they're like, we have this big twist, but the twist isn't the point of the story. The point of the story is the nature versus nurture and how it affects the characters. And 
um, you know, let's get to that. So don't watch, don't watch the new season of Picard then. It's not too bad, but it's, yeah, (laughs) it stretches things out a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the good thing about this. Every, every episode is at least in this time period in the the seasons, right? Most of them are self-contained. Every once in a while you get a two-parter, which we have a two-parter coming up, I think next. But most of the time, you tackle one issue, and it's pretty much resolved in one episode. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of, I like it. I like being able to watch a show and not think, oh, what happened in the past five episodes, and how many more episodes do I have to resolve this story arc? Like, it's gotten to the point where I just don't watch a lot of new shows, because I don't feel like committing to, like, that many episodes to just get one story. And the worst part is so many of them, they are this big, long season story arc, even if it's only 10 or 12 episodes a season, but then they release them one a week. They, they put out a bingeable Mm -hmm. series, a series that is designed to be binged once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know about y'all. I can't remember by the time that next Thursday or Friday, I spend the first five, 10 Mm -hmm. minutes going to what, wait, what happened again? That was my problem with with like the new Doctor Who series where where they would like have eight episode seasons and then you'd have to wait a year and a half for like the next like eight episode season. I'd be like, I, I cannot remember like my life. I've had like two kids in the time period that you have released eight episodes (laughs) of a show and I don't know what's what's going on. Now, Victor, how do you think people felt after 1989, if you want to bring up Doctor Who, about remembering what happened on the last episode? Yeah, but but then they... Since it was 2005, yeah, it was the next But they season. just swept a lot of that under the rug. It wasn't like, here's a big cliffhanger, and it's like, so and it's like oh, Matt Smith is in a box or something, and all of his enemies hate him. Uh, what was happening? I gotta, yeah. But, yeah. I find that when they release shows all at one time, when you can just all eight or 10 episodes, whatever they are. And I can just watch them as fast or slow as I want when I have time and I can cognitively get involved in the story. Mm -hmm. I like that. But this once a week thing, just like the old days, I just, I don't don't have the brain power anymore. And the thing is the way I think they're taking stories that would be good as like a three or four part like story and stretching it out into like 10 or 12 episodes where you get like the first one or two episodes are interesting. And then you get like six episodes of filler and then you get the like finale episode that ties up the story. There's a, and it's just not worth sitting. There's a reason most movies aren't eight hours long, you know, (laughs) Phil, uh, Peter Jackson didn't make them. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) there's a reason most movies aren't eight hours long. (laughs) Yes. Stories, some stories just need to be a miniseries or a movie. They don't need to be mm-hmm. an entire season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I do hope that if they make a new Stargate show that they stick with this kind of format where it can be serialized in terms of character interactions and character development, but you don't get like the heavy serialization where it's a 10 hour long yeah. movie because that's just not. And I think that we're kind of. Uh, shifting back that way because I know the new Star Trek show that's coming out is going to be episodic so hopefully that'll be fun yep exactly awesome Uh, did y'all have any other thoughts on this episode nothing here I had one extra and that was I wondered with as we talked about the whole Daniel like oh Shari just died like last week Um, was this episode maybe supposed to be in a different spot in the in the season like at the end of the season somewhere and maybe it got moved up because it does seem, I mean, I know we talk about, I, 
they're not all in therapy all the time, but but this seemed a little, I mean, it just did. It seemed a little fat. No, I, I think it was written to end cap that whole plot. I think that line was just put in there because they're like, okay, Daniel falls in love with a beautiful alien. Oh, wait, didn't his wife just die? Okay, put a line in there like, my wife just died, but I'm moving on. Great, solved. You know, it's, I think it was yeah. pretty much, it was going to happen when it happened. And they just put that line in there just in case somebody said, like, wait a minute, his wife just died. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it could be like Hugh Grant, you know, like, um, well, um, the brother is, is um, you know, then just caving <laughs> to the beautiful woman. Like, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, we do have uh, some feedback. Oh, boy. Uh, Paul Leone on Twitter on our recent Excellent. episode on Dead Man Switch says that mm. it's just one Queen song short of perfection. It says, <laughs> Aris, ah, does not quite, does not quite ring like Flash. Ah. Uh, so uh. does it. <laughs> they should have given him a one syllable name. It was more punchy. <laughs> I still just thought of the Duke Nukem, uh, music whenever i saw that guy so i will say though that this episode did have some new music in it i think it was it was kind of overwrought a little bit but it was it was nice at first to hear some some new music in stargate rather than like the same six uh, i think was a joel goldsmith uh kind of like themes and and stings that we usually get so yeah mm-hmm. nice i'll have to look for that i don't know if they change composers at any point I think they kept they kept Joel uh, Goldsmith because he was in one of the last episodes of Atlantis um, as as an extra and stuff. So and then he died shortly after uh, Atlantis uh, wrapped up. But oh oh, that's what we didn't talk about. Uh, Kira, she was also a character in Atlantis. Oh, I know, I recognize that chin someplace. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was. Yeah. Was she the psych- she wasn't the psychologist, was she? No, she was. Uh... Oh no, she was like the captain of a ship. I can't remember the name of it. She, her name was like Helia. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and it, it's a very attractive chin, by the way. So, <laughs> as a, as a curly haired girl, I, I was liking the hair. Yeah, she kind of actually funny because it kind of reminded me of the me on the uh, merch. Oh, nice <laughs> the curlier blonde hair. <laughs> I'm I'm working to be as in shape as my uh, cartoon is, so <laughs> yeah, it's my new goal. <laughs> Speaking of that, if uh, you want to pick up merch, uh, you can head on over to sqpn.com/slash/merch, where we have all our uh, t-shirts and stickers uh, for the various shows. There's the Stargate stuff, Star Trek. Uh, we have Secrets of Star Wars. There's the this really cool one with uh, for Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, where Jimmy's getting off a flying saucer with an alien because it's always alien. <laughs> So, yep. Don't forget to check out the father, uh, the father Corey collection too. Oh boy! <laughs> and soon the My Little Pony featuring Victor Lambs. That's right. <laughs> if you don't look good, we don't look good. <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Stargate, including John S, Luke E, Tim and Marie M, Josh C, and Mary F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send us feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com 
or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at SQPN. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Jolinar's Memories. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing Secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And remember, there are two people inside of me, and one of them is a monster. <laughs> we always suspect yeah, that. It's... I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> one of them is a pony, I think. Yes. So. A pretty pony. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?